We lay at San Pedro about a week, engaged in taking off hides and in other labors which now had become our regular duties. I spent one more day on the hill, watching a quantity of hides and goods, and this time succeeded in finding a part of a volume of Scott's Pirate in a corner of the house. But it failed me at a most interesting moment, and I betook myself to my acquaintances on shore, and from them learned a good deal about the customs of the country, the harbors, etc. This, they told me, was a worse harbor than Santa Barbara for southeasters, the bearing of the headland being a point and a half more to windward, and it being so shallow that the sea broke often as far out as where we lay at anchor. The gale for which we slipped at Santa Barbara had been so bad a one here that the whole bay, for a league out, was filled with the foam of the breakers, and seas actually broke over the dead man's island. The Lagoda was lying there, and slipped at the first alarm, and in such haste that she was obliged to leave her launch behind her at anchor. The little boat rowed it out for several hours, pitching at her anchor, and standing with her stern up almost perpendicularly. The men told me that they watched her till toward night, when she snapped her cable and drove up over the breakers high and dry upon the beach. On board the Pilgrim everything went on regularly, each one trying to get along as smoothly as possible, but the comfort of the voyage was evidently at an end. That is a long lane which has no turning. Every dog must have his day, and mine will come by and by, and the like proverbs were occasionally quoted, but no one spoke of any probable end to the voyage, or of Boston, or anything of the kind. Or, if he did, it was only to draw out the perpetual surly reply from his shipmate, Boston, is it? You may thank your stars if you ever see the place again. You had better have your back sheathed and your head coppered, and your feet shod, and make out your log for California for life, or else something of this kind. Before you get to Boston, the hides will wear all the hair off your head, and you'll take up all your wages and clothes, and won't have enough left to buy a wig with. The flogging was seldom, if ever, alluded to by us in the forecastle. If anyone was inclined to talk about it, the others, with a delicacy which I hardly expected to find among them, always stopped him or turned the subject. But the behavior of the two men who were flogged toward one another showed a consideration which would have been worthy of admiration in the highest walks of life. Sam knew John had suffered solely on his account, and in all his complaints he said that if he alone had been flogged it would have been nothing. But he could never see him without thinking that he had been the means of bringing this disgrace upon him and John never, by word or deed, let anything escape him to remind the other that it was by interfering to save his shipmate that he had suffered. Neither made it a secret that they thought the Dutchman Bill and Foster might have helped them, but they did not expect it of Stimson or me. While we showed our sympathy for their suffering and our indignation at the captain's violence, we did not feel sure that there was only one side to the beginning of the difficulty— and we kept clear of any engagement with them, except our promise to help them when they got home. Author's Note Owing to the change of vessels that afterward took place, Captain Thompson arrived in Boston nearly a year before the Pilgrim, and was off on another voyage and beyond the reach of these men. Soon after the publication of the first edition of this book in 1841, I received a letter from Stimson, dated at Detroit, Michigan, where he had re-entered mercantile life, from which I made this extract. As to your account of the flogging scene, I think you have given a fair history of it, 
and, if anything, been too lenient toward Captain Thompson for his brutal, cowardly treatment of those men. As I was in the hold at the time the affray commenced, I will give you a short history of it, as near as I can recollect. We were breaking out goods in the forehold, and, in order to get at them, we had to shift our hides from forward to aft. After having removed part of them, we came to the boxes and attempted to get them out without moving any more of the hides. While doing so, Sam accidentally hurt his hand, and, as usual, began swearing about it, and was not sparing of his oaths, although I think he was not aware that Captain Thompson was so near him at the time. Captain Thompson asked him in no moderate way what was the matter with him. Sam, on account of the impediment in his speech, could not answer immediately.